Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two, three, and we are a go. Welcome to another episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. It's Masters Thursday. It's opening day of baseball season. Today is perfect. And honest, and that's going to be the focal. These two topics are going to be the focal point of our podcast. We do have a couple other things to talk about Sabres-wise, but the Masters and baseball are going to be the focal points of the podcast here. So let's just jump right into it. The azaleas are blooming. The magnolias are out. The weather was terrible on Wednesday. The sun came out today. It's going to be beautiful. Oh, it's going to be beautiful the rest of the uh, the rest of the tournament down in Augusta, and a tradition unlike any other has to, is has taken place and is taking place down in Augusta uh, National Golf Club this week. Uh, this week, the eighty sixth master, the eighty sixth Masters. I'm ex- I, We've been we've been waiting for this. I'm ex- I've been excited. I watched most. I watched the majority of the of round one coverage today, and I will be glued to the TV for round two, three, and four as well. I know you most likely will be as well. This is your sport. This is your game. You talk. You, you follow golf more than I do. I'm letting you have the floor, and then I'll give my thoughts afterwards. Um. Yes. Yeah, so I was in a FedEx truck all day today, but I managed to watch all of Tiger's 18 holes. I got to follow Tiger's group and Scotty Scheffler's group. That was fun. Then I finally got home from work. It turned out I was kind of been watching while I was eating dinner and stuff, and kind of got to see the end because Dustin Johnson's group, I believe, is just finishing right now. Um. I think, actually, I think Johnson just finished. He um, finish minus three on the day, but no, it's been exciting. I mean, the build up to this tournament is always spectacular. I mean, this is the, I, I would say that the true start of the golf season when you really get into the full swing of things. Like I know like the players happen and that's PGA's biggest tournament that they put on. Um, but everyone looks forward to the masters and it, it shows why, I mean, the course really today, showed its teeth. I think it was mad that Augusta allowed um, dude perfect on there with Bryson DeChambeau, which I was very confused about um, considering with how laid back uh, or how um, tight knit Augusta is with all the rules and stuff about outsiders being on the course. So that was weird, but the course really came out and showed its teeth today, even though Sanjay M did put a minus five on the scorecard. I mean, both him and Cam Smith, the players in first and second right now, were runners up in uh, the 2020 uh, Masters when Dustin Johnson won in the – that was the fall one, which was a very weird Masters. But those two finished today, minus five, minus four. Everyone else is kind of really sitting at minus three with most guys sitting at really like minus one or that even mark. And it was a great day of golf. I enjoyed it very, very much. I mean – we got to finally see Tiger play a competitive round of golf for the first time in how many ever days it was. I mean, he almost lost his leg almost a year ago, and now he's just – we get to see him in the Masters doing what Tiger Dog is shooting a minus one on the day. Um, a 71 was a – I would – let's be honest. Who would have thought Tiger would have been here and actually playing good in this tournament? I mean, my thought process <laughs> is exactly the same there. I mean – 
you know, we're probably going to become the Tiger. We'll be like everybody else just talking about Tiger Woods here. But the thing is, though, is like when he said that he was playing on Tuesday, that's a head turner. That's like the eyeballs like just fucking pop out of your head. And it's like, oh, shit, he's back. Because nobody really thought, let's be honest here, when Tiger Woods got into that car accident all those months back, everybody thought that, like, his career was over. And the thought process was goes even far further than that. He is, let's, I mean, he's kind of, like, lucky that he didn't lose a leg. Um, he's, kind, he's lucky to even be alive with the damage that, like, was sustained in that car accident. But for him to come back from all of this, from him, for him to golf with his son at the uh, father-son tournament back in December, for him to come to Augusta last at the end of last month, do a practice round, all the speculation and everything, it was just it wasn't a matter of if he was coming back to golf at the Masters. It was a matter of when he was going to say, "I'm here, I'm golfing at the Masters," and the fact that he just came out and said he still thinks he can win was another head turner because it's more along the lines of like, shit, he's back. He means business. And for him to golf a one under 71 in the first round, I mean, I'm not going to say that I expected, I didn't, I'm not going to say I expected him to like golf that, but I'm not going to say I expected him to like completely like shit the bed in the first round either. Like I've thought he would have been around the, like, I thought he would have been around the even maybe plus one range because let's be honest, like it's his first competitive golf uh, golf outing in over 500 days. The only thing is though, is obviously Augusta is a course that he knows and loves a lot uh, because let's five time, five time winner at this tournament. Uh, so, and he's been here before, literally been here before like time and time again. So minus 171 may, is perfectly fine for like where he's at given that it's like only Thursday tomorrow uh, tomorrow will be more of a test as to see like how he does and if he, and if he will be able to make the weekend, but he's in a good, he's in a good place right now. Yeah. I mean, I really didn't know what to expect from tiger. I mean, clearly like he's always said this in every term, like coming back from other injuries as well. Like he's not going to play in a tournament if he doesn't think he can win. And I just, I, I really didn't know what to expect from him. Like, I was excited he was coming back. I guess the minus one surprised me. I mean, watching him today, like, a lot of gutsy, gutsy pars from him. And it was really am- amazing to see that, like, him. I mean, he knows this course so well, though. Um, And it's just... Uh, it, it, it's just fun to watch him here. This is kind of like, I would say it's home to him. I mean, he has made the cut every single time he's played in the tournament. Or, excuse me, he's made the cut 21 consecutive times in the tournament. The only time he missed it was in 96, I believe. And if I'm doing that math or something like that, that's terrible math, but it's fine. Um, That is terrible math, but I'm not going to judge you on that either. It's fine. I never said I was smart. Um, But, no, I just think that it – it, it was great to see him back and actually be competitive. I The takeaway I had from today from watching him all day, um, I, I don't – on his, like, iron play coming into some of the par fours, he seemed like he was coming up short a lot because he didn't hit that many greens today but still shot a minus one, which was nice. But I, he definitely looked like he had lost some power from his – clearly it would have to do with his 
um, that leg incident, but also still, I mean, he's never had a good back and that has been known as well. I mean, we kind of saw him complain about, I think it was on the fifth or, or the sixth or seventh hole. He said something that was calling him like him saying something about his back. He was holding his back a few times too throughout the first round as well. So, but the thing is though, is like, I, it was never going my opinion, and this is my opinion, and we and we may agree or disagree here. But I I never thought it was going to be the leg that was going to bother him. I thought it was always going to be the back. And the thing is, there is like, if it is like he was holding his back, and I believe that contributed to like the lack of power, like in his iron game. Um, because let's be honest here, like this is like an like. Augusta is an Augusta is a course like where like it's an, like you need to have a good iron game like to get on like to have like good second shots to get yourself like in that position for birdies and pars potentially like it doesn't matter about your driving game it's more along the lines of the iron and then the short game um, his iron game was a little bit weak today the back most likely played a, contri- a contribution to that but to still hit to still score a minus one in the first round, even though he did not hit as many greens as people would have thought he had done still pretty impressive. I mean, like I said, it doesn't really matter. Like it's only Thursday. If he was like, I'm not, I'm not like worried about like where he's at right now. I think he's in a good spot. If he was maybe say like on the plus side and, and by plus side, I mean kind of like where Spieth is, like where Spieth is was at like plus three. Then it's like, well, maybe we'll see what he does on Friday. If he doesn't do too well on Friday, then maybe he won't make the weekend. But I'm thinking right now he will be from how what I saw today, he will be in contention Sunday. I mean, with it's not supposed to rain anymore. I do not believe the course is only going to get firmer and firmer. I mean, we saw a lot of shots today, which we normally don't see at Augusta hitting the green and sticking instead of doing that, like, skip and run. Um, but that I mean, has been, been downpouring all week, but that definitely changed up the course as well and how some of the guys played. Um, I guarantee you, like, throughout the weekend, we're going to see guys hitting different irons. If Like, on the part threes, they'll be hitting different irons than what they hit today And because we saw the wind picking up towards the end of the day. So it seemed like the guys – uh, the guys who played earlier had less of a win where the guys who came out later had clearly the more win. I'm um, seeing Tiger teeing off in the morning today. He'll play later tomorrow. But um, everyone really, like, no one really had a really bad round besides Sandy Lyle, um, who was, I believe, plus 10 today. Other yeah, than that, most thing- people are in that plus, the plus, like, three to – to minus five, well, clearly at Sanjay M and minus five, but most people are plus three to minus one right now. Well, I mean, the thing is, though, is like I'm, you know, Sandy Lyle is like one of those older golfers that still like golf, that still decides to golf at the Masters because he yeah. can. So, like, I'm not worried about like the Sandy Lyles, the Jose Maria Oftables. They're they're just there because they know they can be there until like they decide to call it quits. And I and I don't have a problem with that at all because like it's one of the great traditions of like the masters where no matter how old you are, like you're a former champion, you can still, you can literally golf there until you can literally golf there until like forever. I mean, Larry, I mean, Larry Mize, this is his second to last masters. I believe next year he will be turning 65. So like, you know, 
it's just a matter. It's just a matter of like when all these old timers just decide to stop golfing in the tournament. Um, whether so, but other than that, like there's nothing to like as you mentioned. Like everybody's like in that plus three to minus one range. So like, yeah, no one really not- really pulled. No one pulled away today. But I, I mean, I guess I didn't expect. Like I expected probably the leading score going into the end today to be kind of around where it was at the minus four minus five range. Um, which has normally been, and if we're being honest too, going back to the Tiger side, most of his round, most of his first rounds at Augusta, he he's averaging right around just seventy, which he was right near there today. Tiger's only shot less than seventy uh, three times on a Thursday before, so I'm not. I mean, and even they're talking on the broadcast that Tiger's main goal is just to shoot around seventy on opening day, and then. Kind of take out all you need to do in the Masters tournament, any of these tournaments, really, is just be in contention going into Saturday, going into the moving day. Is just put yourself in contention so you're not chasing from behind on Sunday. Put yourself there to give yourself a chance to win. But um, there is already a lot of big names though up top, like that we expect to see. I mean, Scotty Shelford, the number one ranked player in the world right now, had a phenomenal day. Shot a minus three. Um, Dustin Johnson, 2020 Masters champion, yep, is up minus there. Three, as well. yep. Um, Corey Connors, the guy who he, I believe it was last year, was it, yeah, was it last year's uh, Masters where he was kind of in contention as well? Or am I thinking of a different major? Uh, may have been a different major. Zell Torres has been doing pretty well today. Zell, I saw Zell Torres at, he was at minus two when I was watching. I think he finished at minus one today. Okay, so he's in that minus one, plus three to minus one range, but still nothing, to, not too terrible there. I mean, the thing is, though, is like as long as like you have a decent – as long as you have like that seven, like around 70 average, around, then you're in a good spot. It's all, again, it all depends on like what you do tomorrow. Right. So, like, all I am worried about is people, mostly people's favorites to win this tournament was Justin Thomas, and he shot a plus four today. Yeah. I mean, obviously, plus four is not an ideal first, a first round score to have. But I mean, my thought process there is that. It's just like, you know, the thought process there is just like, all right, well, he'll be out like he'll be out on Friday. Like it's a new day. If he gets off to a terrible start on Friday, then like you might as well just kiss the weekend goodbye. But like if you actually get off to a good start on Friday and find yourself like somehow find a find a way to like get up, get back to even before you get to the back nine or even before you get or even like around amen corner. 10, 11, 12, 13, like, and you find yourself back at even there, then you'll be fine. Like, you'll be fine. Like, you'll be in a good spot, like, to at least get to the weekend. I'm not going to say Justin Thomas is probably going to find himself into contention right now, but at the same time, like, I could be way off and he could just have a tremendous Friday and shoot like a low score for all I know because the game of golf is very unpredictable. So, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but, well, you know, it, like I said, Thursday, I don't worry about anything. It's more along the lines of like how they start on Friday, how everybody gets into move moves up, moves up and down the leaderboard there. And it's just a matter of like who makes the cut and finds themselves in position on, on moving day. Because my in my opinion, and this is just me, Thursday is irrelevant. Like when it comes to like a, a, the st- like a tournament, like. My thing is, is that the tur- My thing is, is that the tournament starts like on the back nine on Friday, 
and then the tournament gets going like on Saturday. That's like when a tournament like starts and gets going for me. Like that's like where the climax comes in. And then like obviously we get to Sunday and here and then it's then then you then then Sunday comes and then you just figure out like okay, these we're separating the men from the boys here. Yeah, I just would be worried if I I mean, because um if Sanjay M gets off to a hot start, that's gonna cut uh bring even further down where the cut is gonna be. So you the guys that are sitting at that plus plus four range right now, who are the bigger names, you really need to get off to that hot start. Um, I just still love the fact that Bryson DeChambeau called this course a par 68, and yet he still shot plus four today. Again, he just, for some reason, can never find it at Augusta ever since he made those comments, and I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah, it's karma. It's literally it's literally karma. Who knows? Maybe Bernard Long, Who knows? Maybe Bernhard Longer. Uh, we'll find a way to finish ahead of him in the in the uh, standing. Who know in the standings again this year? Like Isn't he, did he like sixty four now. Yeah, he's old. He's like in his fifties, like like fifties, early sixties. No, he's sixty four. Oh, he's sixty four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say I knew it because I knew he's older than Gary Plyer. No, Gary Plyer's old. That dude's like in his eighties. No, Gary Plyer's only like sixty three. No, Gary Player's in his eighties. There's no way he's in his eighties. Yes, he's in his eighties. He's like he's like eighty-two. I'm gonna expose you. Gary Player is not. The look of despair comes. (laughs) Hang on. You're looking it up. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. What I say, eighty-two, right? Yeah. 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 I, uh, yeah. Your words, not mine. You said who did, who did Tiger play his practice rounds with then? Fred Couples and Fred Dustin Couples. Thompson. That's what I was thinking. I don't know why I said Gary Player. I was thinking of Fred Couples. Fred Couples is only 63. Fred Couples is only 63. Right, yeah, that's what Fred I was Couples. thinking of. It was Fred Couples and Justin Thomas, right? Yeah. Fred Couples, Justin Thomas, and Tiger. Yeah. Did, did yeah. you see Tiger's comments yesterday? Uh, they said, why were so many people up for a practice round? They said a lot of people like, uh, I'm going to say Gary Plyer again. Why can, oh, my God. A lot of people like Fred Couples. Fred exactly. Couples, thank you. Thank you. Hey, I recorded this one early as well. Masters, cha- Ma- Masters champion in uh, 1992. So, yeah. uh, I, so I was so like, hey, they're there to see royalty. What can I say? Um, uh, hey, I mean, where is Fred Couples in the, uh, in the leaderboard right now? I can't find him. I've been looking for his name and I can't find him. Oh, is he not in the tournament this year? No, he was. I thought. Wait, he did. Didn't he? Oh, no. He's plus three. Hey, let's go. Plus three to minus one range. Let's go for a couples. He always finds himself like in that early. Like he always finds a way now to somehow like make the weekend but like not really be in contention and i'm st- and i'm still here for that like right now like like I- i'm here for that there so good for him plus three i always love that um but i just love the fact that they like no, no one re- re- this course really like as much as it gave the players issues it didn't really eat anyone alive so it's like there's so many guys that like you still can look and be like okay they kind of make the weekend so from where they're sitting at 
exactly. Even like the old timers that are at plus three. I mean, they'll find a way that some tells me that like, I'll see like two, two, I, some tells me that we'll see like two former champions, like in their sixties, make the weekend. Like they won't be in contention, but they'll make the weekend unless somebody decides to try and turn back father time and uh, just say, and just challenge uh, Phil Mickelson's record of uh, oldest major winner. But it is, but hey, if it happens, if it happens, that'll be great, and I'll be here for it. Um, obviously, at this standpoint, like I, you know, I put five dollars on Tiger Woods to win the Masters with uh, plus five thousand odds, so that would be a great return on investment there. If not, it's five dollars gone, but it's not my money. It's uh, it's not my money, so it is what it is there. But I'm at the point where it's like, hey, he's minus one. I have to if I. I hope he win. I hope I really would like to see Tiger win, um, but real, but really, like I, it, well, you know who I, you know who I like and who I talk about. So like, I really wouldn't have a problem. Like, if any of the players that I mentioned to you um, are in contention on Sunday, would have a problem with winning. Um, I can't really say I hate anyone overall either, which is uh, which is good as well. So I hate I guess- the shambo. Yeah, but yeah, but uh, Bryson is not going to be in contention. He may not even make the cut, so I wouldn't be too worried about him. Um, I'm just excited that the rains. I'm also excited that the rains finally stopping and that we actually get to see the course in its natural beauty. I mean, after real, probably. I mean, as really as soon as Tiger teed off, the sun came out, which was around eleven, like what eleven, eleven, something like that. Yeah, I know. I mean, it looked nice then, but like, unfortunately, this morning the guys that went off early like got stuck in that shit weather. But yeah, thankfully now we're gonna get the course to just gonna dry up, and it's gonna. I hope it plays tougher than it did today because that would just be amazing to see the winner be at around like a like if the winner was around like a plus six to like nine, that'd be great. You mean wait a plus six to plus? Well, you know, minus six, minus nine. You know, I was gonna say a plus. Oh yes, sorry, I should have. Minus I was gonna six, say, minus Christ, nine. everybody's just gonna collapse. <laughs> I mean, hey, I've seen crazier things, but shit. Um, uh, I mean, my thought process is, I think like it'll be like around my the winner will be around minus seven, depending on how the weather, like if how the weather plays a part and like how the course is. Um, I will say this though: if Tiger Woods fares well in in his second round and finds himself like. In the afternoon telecast on Saturday, doesn't need to be like in a to- in like a final pairing in the afternoon telecast on Saturday. He just needs to find himself in the afternoon telecast on CBS, like when they start their broadcast. If he's there on Saturday, number six is happening. He's winning number six at Augusta. If that happens, and, but again, that's just my opinion. Like if he like if he like if he's there Saturday afternoon, if he's like if he and if he moves up and finds himself like in Sunday, like in like and if he does well on Saturday, like number six is going to happen. If he, especially like he doesn't need to be in the final pairing on Sunday, but if he's like in that second or third final third final pairing as well, look out. That's all I got to say. Sunday yeah, right. I mean, if I see if Tiger's definitely in one of the last two to three pairings on Sunday, he, he definitely has to win. He's 
going to win. Sunday red, sunglasses on, <laughs> cap he, backwards, it's over. He, uh, I, I just don't see, like, a guy that knows the course as well as he does, he's been in these tough situations in this tournament, I it'd be hard to bet against at that point. Exactly. It would. And the thing is, though, it's like, Especially with how he like, I just I know it's only Thursday, but like how we saw him play today with like, just showing it, out those gutsy pars and like how he knows like how to play the course, like watching with me watching him to watch all the shots. They just how he manages the course and like if he's in trouble, he knows where to play his ball that he can still manage to get a par out of a shitty situation. It's not even that at this point. It's just more along the lines of like. Who the crowd is? Who's who the crowd is going to get behind? The crowd's going to be Tiger. The crowd's going to be behind him no matter what. And the thing is, though, is like he'll feed off of the crowd. And if he and if he does well again, if he finds himself like on set, like in the latter half of in the Saturday, like in set, like not golfing on Saturday morning, but on Saturday afternoon, like. The crowd's going to be behind him Saturday. And then if he's in a good spot from Saturday, forget it. Like, Sunday crowd is going to be Tiger and only Tiger. They're not going to care about anybody else. I mean, it seemed like that today, though, as well. That's the crazy part. All, all week, really. I mean, his he had like a crowd of 10 deep and just had his practice rounds. It's insanity. unreal. Uh, insanity, exactly. It's just pure insanity. Just, uh, how many people could just are captivated by this guy and everyone gets behind him is crazy. Just uh, he's still doing it. I mean, he's been doing this for years and people still like he's everyone's number one golfer. I think if you say Tiger Woods isn't your favorite golfer, you're a liar. Exactly. Well, there are people that hate him, but well, that's a whatever there. But nonetheless, huh? I think that's just in the past. Yeah, but hey, nonetheless, I'm excited for the tournament. Again, I enjoyed. I I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed today. Um, I'm looking forward to tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday. Pretty much like my TV is just gonna be like on ESPN, ESPN Plus, and then CBS on the weekend. <laughs> like, there's no nothing really else that I really care to watch, honestly. But um, uh, well, I mean, other than like the base, other than like baseball, but that's like where I'm at right now. Like, yeah, it's let's a- be honest, hockey really is kind of all sealed up in the East. I should say in the East, it's all sealed up. The West still has got some moving around to do within their division, but hockey is not going to get exciting till playoffs. Nope, we don't basketball. I don't pay. I'm, I have not watched a. I have not watched a single basketball game since, like, well, NBA basketball game, I should say, since maybe like October, and it's all, and it's eight, like not even eight. Well, no, October is an exaggeration because the season started then. I would say maybe December, and it's April now. Yes, yeah, I probably watched one in January, and only because I was at uh, my buddy's apartment, and we had money on it. Ah, uh, fair enough there, but yeah, no, I mean, hey. Uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to. I I always look forward to the Masters. I'm excited with how today went for the most part. Um, looking forward to Friday and the weekend. Um, but yeah, no. Let's move on to our. Let's move on to our next topic in the podcast. And like I said, 
it's opening day, opening weekend for the most part. Baseball is back. I'm, I've thought that like this day, I honestly, like, I'm just glad that we have opening day right now, mainly just because of how the off season went with the lockout and the lack of negotiations. And then like all of a sudden everybody start, and then all of a sudden, like, they're like, Oh shit, maybe we should have a season. And it was like 10 days of craziness down in Florida and they could and they couldn't agree to a deal and then all of a sudden they decided on an 11th hour deal like after like deadlines and deadlines and deadlines have passed and then just crazy free age a crazy free agent market uh with a bunch with players going to teams that i never expected to sign players the twins with carlos correa the rockies with chris bryant um but uh come to mind for that but no here we are opening day opening weekend um with baseball being back and going back to the masters like it's just a good feeling to have it's just a good feeling to have because of like where we are in the year like the weather's getting warmer the sun's going down later it's almost summertime i can't complain there I, I really can't complain. I, uh, I've, I, I, I get sick. I literally get sick of winter after the, after new, after new years. And then it's just like, well, fuck, can we get back to nice weather and longer days? But Hey, here we are. Um, but the thing, but I figured like since opening day was today, I figured we would go into some predictions, a preview of the up of the baseball season that started today. And, you know, just give our thoughts, uh, just give our thoughts on some overall, just give our thoughts on some topics around the game, uh, around Major League Baseball. So I guess like what we can do here, like what we, what we'll start with would be to like, you know, just give some like overall predictions on like division winners, award winners, and that like, you know, award winners, see, talk about who we think will win the World Series and then also just go for, and then also maybe just have some hot takes and predictions as well. Um, so we'll go right into it about like predictions and we'll start with, we'll start with everybody. We'll start with the, probably the most competitive division in all of baseball this season. And that's the, and that's the AL East. Like they are, that division is stacked with four teams that easily could win more than 40, 45 jesus jeremy that could easily win more than 85 games a season um in the toronto blue jays boston red sox tampa bay rays and new york yankees there are rumors that there are 15 in this division but that has yet to be confirmed um uh i feel bad for orioles fans really though because like their team is just gonna be fucking terrible but Looking at the AL East and how competitive it is, like you could honestly have as many as four teams from the AL East in this year in in the playoffs this season in the playoffs this season with the extended playoffs that were added because due to the uh, C- due to the um, uh, CBA agreement. So, who exactly would you do? Could you see winning the AL East? Uh, I mean. The Rays have always been such a great team, in my opinion. I mean, I think the Yankees and Red Sox are going to probably battle it out for, I would say, probably the AL wildcard spot, I would assume. 
between those two. I, I, I think, but you could also throw the Blue Jays in there. Um, I could probably see, I would say the Rays are probably going to win the AL East um, just based on the fact of how good they've been in years past. Um, but I, like you said, there's four great teams in this division this year. It's probably one of the toughest ones going to be one of the toughest divisions in baseball this year. I know I'm not throwing the Yankees up there on top. I'm sorry, but I, oh, that's okay. I'm not going to either, but I could really see, I could really see three of these teams being in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, um, you're not, yeah, I, I, sorry, you, you go. Well, I mean, I was going to say, yeah, you're not wrong there. Like three or four of these teams easily could make of the, make the, make the postseason. Like this division is stacked. I mean, like I said, like you've got like all four of those teams that we have just mentioned easily could win more than 85 games. At least two to three of those teams could win 90 games. We still don't know what that fifth team in that division is going to do because they're just dog shit. But the four teams that we're mentioning, like they are favorites, not only to win, they're each in their own way, favorites to win a division. And you have a couple of these teams that are potentially favored to win the AL pennant as well. Um, So I'll let you have the floor again, because I did cut you off and I apologize. No, you're fine. I mean, I was just, I was going to say like, I could really see all four of these teams getting into playoffs. I mean, it's not out of the realm. All four of these teams are always good and always competitive. I mean, the Blue Jays, I think, I, I, my top, my pick for the AL is between it has to be the Blue Jays or the Rays. I think those are the two best teams in this division right now. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's... I'm actually not going to correct you. I mean, my thought process is that I see the Blue Jays winning this division. They are a fantastic team. I mean, it starts with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. They acquired Matt Chapman from Oakland, all-star platinum glove uh, third baseman. Um, uh, yeah, platinum glove, because like I think he's got platinum, but I know he's a gold glove winner too. Like he's all-star third baseman, great, one of the better, one of the best third basemen in the game. Yeah, they lost Marcus Simeon in free agency to the Texas Rangers, and they lost Robbie Ray in free agency to um, the Seattle Mariners, but they still have a de- but they still have a decent pitching uh, staff. They did sign Kevin Gosman Gosman um, in the off se- in the off season to replace Robbie Ray. Um, but they're well managed. They've got good depth. I mean, you've got like Tescar uh, Hernandez. You've got Bo Bichette. Uh, those are two. Those are two pretty good players as well. Um, they want. They did make a trade with the Rockies in just before, like in the middle of spring training, that I thought was questionable. But another another thing that's gonna make, that I would worry about too is their bullpen. Their bullpen was not very good last season. Um, it was actually called the Toronto Arson Squad at one time because of how bad it was, but. The thing is, though, is like we know that like I know that the name of the game for baseball this year is going to be pitching depth and power hitting the Blue Jays can the Blue Jays. I don't they're pitching depth like eh, like it's not like we'll see how that goes, but they've got good power hitting. They've got good contact hitting. Um, and but like you said, the Rays like have the Rays themselves like have good pitching depth. They can they have good hitting. The Rays like will benefit from a full season from Wander Franco, their rising 
their rising superstar who we who may win a bat who may win a batting title you know may get may um, will definitely have a good impact the Yankees and the Red Sox on the other hand I see them getting wild card spots this season I don't see either team competing for a division and that's crazy to and that's crazy to say like you could literally take like three of these teams out of the AL East put them in the AL Central put them in the AL West put them in like a National League division and they would run, and they would win those divisions for the most part in my opinion but because they're all in the AL, in the AL East playing each other 19 times a season they're just going to beat up on each other and it's going to be like the AFC West in the NFL yeah it's, this is definitely i mean you look at the other like you look at the AL Central and the AL West there's only two teams you can really make an argument coming out of there, like winning their division in the Astros and the White Sox. And then you look at, you could throw Tampa Bay in the central or like boss or any of these teams, the four teams we're talking about in the central, or even maybe even the West. I don't Houston. That'd be like, I would say is 50, 50, like who you could take there. But if you throw any of these teams in the central, they run through this division. I don't think the White Sox are that great. But I mean, they're the best team in the central. But like you said, like you throw them in there. But unfortunately, these four teams not to go beat up on each other all season. Granted, baseball is a long season. But I could, with because how do you feel about before I get further? How do you feel about the new playoff format? Do you like it or no? Ah, oh, fuck expanded playoffs. I'm not a fan of it, honestly. I mean, it's just more what money. If you get your Yankees in the playoffs this year, then would you like it? Huh? If you got your Yankees into playoffs this year, then would you like it? Every team would like it if they, if it got their team in. Every fan sure. would like it if they got their team into the playoffs. I mean, I mean, look, I, I'm not a fan of expanded playoffs. Honestly, I, I, it's more money in the coffers for Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball. I don't see the point of it, uh, in my opinion, because like one team gets like like one team. Um, you have the you have like a you have like the like one team gets a break, and then like you've got the wild card series, and then like. I believe like then the divisions like then then the top seed can pick like who they want playing the division series. And it's just going to be like, well, what the fuck is this? Like, I, I'm not a fan. I'm really not a fan of that. Like, I, I, I you know, it's going to sound terrible to me. I miss the I miss like when I was growing up, like you had like the three division winners and the wild card winner. Wild card winner played the top team in top team in the league, uh, whether it was the AL or the NL. And then you had two and three go ahead, go head to head, like from from the other two divisions, go head to head at each other. And then obviously, like the AL and NLCS, and then the World Series. I don't really need to see like. Yeah, it's great that more baseball is being played, but it's like it's like the NBA and NHL playoffs. I don't care to see hockey go into June. I don't care to see basketball go into uh, go into June. The, like I, I, like when it comes time for April, like when we get into May, I don't give a sh- like I'll watch like those playoff rounds and those games, but part of me just doesn't give a shit. I like when it comes to playoff baseball, it's exciting to watch, but by the time November, like late October comes, I'm just like, I'm done. Like I like unless the New York Yankees are in the World Series, I'm not fully invested. I'm invested a little bit, but I'm not fully invested because I'm not a fan of baseball doesn't need to go into November. That's why I don't think it needs to. I don't think it needs to go even Halloween. I like and like if it ended like mid-October, I'd be cool with it. 
because like I believe that like I just believe that like they calendars for these leagues, no matter what they are, they so don't they get need, longer and longer every year. They don't need to be year round. Exactly. They don't. Like you're, you're looking at what the NHL starts up in October. You're looking at ends in June. You get July. Well, other teams clearly don't make playoffs get longer, but you get July, August, September, you get three months of off season. Then you're not right even back three months. It's like thing. two and a half. Like they yeah. go to training camp. And, and it's, yeah, especially if you make if you make the Stanley. I, okay, if you win the Stanley Cup, I, I'm pretty sure you go into training camp like maybe a couple days later. But that's about it. Like that's got a sign. Like it, it just seems like every single year. Like clearly last year we cut off like NHL because it was a COVID season. So, but yeah, I yeah, mean, but still, like you don't need these things going as long as they do. Especially like baseball playing just in an unreal amount of games. Yeah, they play 162 games a season in a regular season, and then the playoffs starts like right after that. <laughs> postseason starts right after that, and I'm just like, well, fuck. Like I like I'm invested, but if my team fucking shits the bed like they have the last like few years, um, well, at like the last like two years, I should say, um, and I'm not as invested. I'm just like, all right, when's this gonna end? Um, so I was never a fan of like that announcement there. I hemmed and hawned and bitched and moaned and I'm just like fuck but I mean if the Yankees get into the playoffs because of it hey I'll be I, like like shit I'll be a hypocrite be like yay expanded playoffs then in my mind I'll just be like there's no fucking way we deserve to be here we suck but that you know hey baseball's a long season like you said but moving but moving on from the AL East like we kind of like have the same standpoint there like i think it's a consensus that like we think the white Sox will win the al central the twins did make some good moves in the offseason though this is very true i mean the thing is i mean the twins yeah honestly the central like actually like i'm not gonna like go beat around the bush the central may be like actually like low-key competitive this season oh yeah because like not even because of the twins, but I think the Tigers are going to be a, like a low good team. Like they've made some really great moves in the off season. I keep forgetting the pitcher that they signed from Boston in the off season, um, but they signed. But they uh, brought in. Um, they brought in Baez. They brought in Javier Baez. Uh, they were they were in talks to get Carlos Correa, but he ended up going to Minnesota. Um, the twins themselves, like they, oh, they like they, they got Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela from the Yankees. Um, I mean, Byron Buxton's going to return to to the lineup because from his injury. Um, I mean, Jorge Blanco. I mean, so is their second base. I mean, they got a lot of depth. Like, yeah, he had thirty three home runs yeah, last season. They, like, they have a lot of depth. Like right there on the with especially with Byron Berkson as well. Hey, I mean my thought process is just just more along the lines of like they actually like they were an above average team like defensive team. They yeah. sucked on offense. But the thing is though is that they were injured and because of the injuries, yeah, they probably played in, into a role of why they sucked. But the thing is though is like yeah, I'm gonna say the White Sox win the division, but I think that the Tigers and Twins like will make the division like low key competitive. Who the Royals are going to be irrelevant 
And, and I think the Guardians are becoming relevant. I mean, they have been irrelevant for. They haven't done ever since ever since ever since they went ever since they lost to the Cubs in the World Series. They haven't done anything. Well, I was gonna go one further. Ever since they collapsed against the Yankees in the Wild Card Series in seventeen, but I feel bad for Guardians fans. They have like one of the lowest payrolls all season, like, like in all of baseball, I should say. Like, I think it's like the fourth lowest payroll. I know that they just extended Jose Ramirez finally because there were talks that like if they didn't like get. He wanted to stay. If ownership didn't extend with him, they were probably going to trade him to the Padres. But the thing is, though, is like Cleveland's like in a purgatory. Like yeah, ever they, since ever since the 2016 collapse, that oh, when they were up three games to nothing against the Cubs, that that was it. One. But yes, you got the. That's the point there. My, but like they have talent. It's just that they're in purgatory, and ownership doesn't know what to fucking do. I mean. It what it, it really hurt it, it actually like hurts me in a way because like they actually like have a good team yeah like they needed to plug holes well, like I think losing I mean they used to have one of the best bullpens in the league everyone kind of dispersed I mean then they get rid of Lindor and really all you have left of that team in my opinion is really just Jose Ramirez and that is really that team I mean he's the only big hitter on that team and. Other than they that, they still have Shane Bieber too, who could be a potential Cy Young candidate. Um, yeah. But my, but my thought process is, is like, I, I just think it comes down to ownership with them. I really do. Like, I, my thought process is like, when Jock Peterson like went to the Giants, I thought to myself, you know, I thought Cleveland would have like made a move for him. Like, he's not a big name free agent anymore. But the thing is, though, is like. He's like he's got a good mentality. He's got a good mentality, and he and I thought he would have fit like the system there. But they didn't even they didn't even like I heard his name like linked to them like once I think. But then like all of a sudden he's on he signs with the Giants. I'm like Cleveland, what the fuck are you doing? Like they literally contributed like zero dot like I would say like around a million dollars like in free agency this season, if that. They had zero dollars contributed to players beyond this season before they extended Jose Ramirez. And that's just bad on ownership and upper management there. I mean, I I, I feel for fans of like that franchise, um, kind of like, you know, fans of like other franchises that we'll get into later. But I mean, I don't think like, I'm not going to say they're I'm not going to say Cleveland's going to be terrible. And the Kansas City Royals are probably going to be the worst team in the division, but they all but they also have some they also have like one of the top prospects in all of Major League Baseball playing for them right now too, and that kid will have a bright future. But I think Cleveland could I think Cleveland could find themselves like around a five, around 500. Yeah, I would put I would agree with that. I would say they're around the team, but that's I mean, 500 is going to do you nothing. Not, not in the AL. It won't do you anything in the AL. Like, maybe in, if they were in the um, – 500 won't do you anything, actually, maybe even in the NL. But, I mean, we can move on to the AL West. And, I like, I mean, is there a general consensus that we think the Astros are still going to win the division, even though, like, Seattle actually made some pretty good, great moves, like, in the offseason? Or – do you think like maybe Seattle could find a way to like actually make the postseason, like actually make the postseason, uh, and and actually like you know take the division crown from Houston? Or do you think like enough, like do you think maybe the Angels like somehow will find a way to? Uh, 
for the playoffs. I, 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 I liked, I mean, the angels didn't, they just ended Syndergaard this year, right? Yeah. The angels just added, they just added Syndergaard. And I mean, you got Shohei Otani, who I think is clearly he had a breakout year last year, but I think he takes the reign and makes his team his over um, Mike Trout. I think he becomes a superstar of this team and, I could see the Angels making a push for possibly a wild card spot. I don't know if they will have what it takes come come this season to take down the Astros and and take the um, AL West, but I like I like their chances to it. This is a t- I would I would put them over the um, I would put them over the uh, Marners. I think. So I my thought process is is like I'm not I don't you know I was going to say that like I think the Astros could win will win the division I don't think they will I think Seattle actually will take the AL West over Houston I mean the Mariners had a great uh, the Mariners had a great season last year just barely missing the AL wild card and. They can still actually play like the underdog, the underdog role, even though be, even though they became like a known quantity last year. They added Robbie Ray, reigning AL Cy Young winner, and he's probably like going to be the most. He's going to be probably the most important addition for them, like in year, like for, at least like for the next few years. They added like Jesse Winkler and Eugenio Suarez, who bring vet, who like have a good veteran presence. Um, that the offense that their offense would be would be like needing, and don't forget, they added the Astros lost Carlos Correa to the Minnesota Twins. The Astros also lost their pitching coach. And another thing too is like not only did the Astros like lose, not only did the Astros lose um, Carlos Correa, Correa, they lost Zach Grunke, and he went back to Kansas City. Who like wasn't ha- who like obviously at thirty seven like he's like way past his prime, but like he's still like a very decent pitcher, and yeah they've got Justin Verlander coming back, but he's coming off of Tommy John surgery. I don't know how he's gonna do. He may he may find a way to like actually contribute fifteen wins to the Astros, and if he does, that's wonderful. He may completely shit the bed and have to retire in have to retire at the trade deadline for all we know. I'm not taking the Astros. I think the Mariners win the AL West, but I'm not going to write off the Angels. I think that they may find a way to they they could take they could find a way to get into a wild card spot because like as mentioned, like they added Noah Syndergaard. They Shohei Otani. Mike Trout is coming back from injury. Shohei Otani is one of the best players in the game right now. Anthony Rendon is a terrific third baseman, and they've got good and they've got good depth. Um. So I do want to take our attention to the wild cards here. And everybody's pretty much saying, like, whoever doesn't win the AL East is going to make the AL wild card. It's just a matter of how many teams from the East make the postseason taking those wild card spots. I'm going to put my Yankees in the wild card. I, I Like, if the Yankees don't make the postseason, it's a complete disappointment, and Aaron Boone should be tossed in the East River. And I'll lead the charge on that one. Um the Red Sox and Tampa, they should, like, you know, you think, like, that they would find a way to, like, get into the wild card as well. But I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to write off. I'm not going to write off the Twins. I'm not going to write off the Tigers. I'm not going to write off the Astros. I'm not going to write off the the Angels. I will say this though: one team in the West that I, we haven't talked about is the Texas Rangers, who spent five hundred million dollars on their middle infield, and I think that they're not going to get immediate success success from Corey C- with the additions of Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Those two will have indiv- good individual seasons, but I think that those moves are. Those moves are more for long-term success that the Rangers plan on having. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think that's for success this year. I think that's going to be for future success. And I do like the moves, but I just don't think it gets them over that hump this year. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, it'll help them now. It's kind of like when Manny Machado like what, signed with the Padres after leaving the Dodgers. Like, when Manny Machado, like when Manny Machado signed with them uh, back in back in 2018, it was kind of baffling, and these moves are kind of baffling that the Rangers made. But the thing is, though, is Machado was more like San Diego knew what they were doing. They had the prospects. Yeah. They, they they knew like what they were going to do. They made the play like last season. They missed the playoffs. And it was a complete disappointment. But their star player was. It doesn't help that like their best player was injured for a good amount of the season. And it also doesn't help that like, you know, they kind of like, it doesn't help that like, you know, they weren't in a good place, like management, like not in a good place from like where they were at either. I think the, the Padres will bounce back. Yeah. Rangers, clearly, I mean, like this looks like a lot of money spent where it's like, Oh, this team should be good. But if you actually like look into the moves they made, it's not that. And that's where I think this issue is going to come in for like, especially like a lot of people who like are looking just at the range like, Oh, they spent this much money. They're going to be good this year. Where yeah, not, no. that's not that's not just the case. No, it's not the case with that with baseball. I mean, obviously, like, obviously, like you know, okay, yeah, you spend five hundred million dollars on two players, like you think they'll make an immediate impact, but you also have to look at like what's around those players too, like who who's still currently on the team. I mean, they added they they added some pitching depth. They added some pitching depth as well. Um, but the thing is, though, is like I don't think it'll be immediate success. I think it'll be more along the lines of like maybe two, three years down the road, the Rangers will find themselves contending for the AL West, depending on like how the, how the state of the current, the the current state of the team improves and also maybe potential moves that they make in the future. But other than that, like, I'm really going to say it. Like I've got the three other, the three AL East teams making the wild card. Um, I think maybe like, and that's saying, and that's saying that like I don't have the Astros in the playoffs at all. I won't have the Angels in the playoffs at all, at, at all either. And that's going to be a shame because like I really want, I really want to see like Shohei Otani and Mike Trout like shine in October. Like that would be fantastic to see, and that would be amazing for baseball. Um, the Twins, I don't see making the playoffs because it's more along the lines of like, yeah, they're not, they're not a bad team, but they're not a great team either. And then the Tigers, like, as much as I think that they'll be low-key good, I think, like, maybe they're still, like, maybe a year away. Yeah, I think my wildcard teams this year are the three teams, um, the three teams from the AL East who don't win the AL East. Yeah, so... I think it's either going to be, let's say, Toronto wins the AL. I would think it'll be the Yankees, Red Sox, Rays then. Yeah. Are in the AL wildcard. I think that's... I think it's as simple as that. I think those four teams are there just so good where it's going to be hard for not to see all four of them in playoffs, especially with the other divisions. Yes, they do have other promising teams who could push for it. I just don't think they're that strong yet. 
So, exactly. I mean, my thought process is, like, it's the best division in baseball. I mean, like, the problem is, is that, like, the AL East contenders are just going to beat up on each other 19 times a season, whereas, like, the Twins, Tigers, uh, Astros, Angels, Mariners, they don't see the AL East all that. They won't see the AL East. Like, they'll play... All, they won't see the AL East like all like that much. They'll see them like maybe like two, three times, like two, three series a season. That's about it. But like, that's kind of, that's like where we're at here now. Um, so my thought process here, like, I guess like we can switch over to like who we think like will win the AL pennant, and like who do you think like will win the AL pennant? I, I so I picked to pick the. The AL East, I picked either the Blue Jays or the Rays. And you think one of them is going to win the pennant? Uh, yeah, I think one of those two is going to win the pennant. It, it, I'll throw a dark horse in there and say may, maybe the White Sox. Probably not. I mean, um, the White Sox actually like ha- have a pretty good team. Have a pretty good team. Yeah, and- I, I, don't know. I think I think it's got to be one of those. Just I mean, we've been we've been talking about that like the AL East so much, how good they are. It's like it's hard to pick against them at that point. Exactly, because if because it would be kind of a bust, like if especially if like one of those teams doesn't actually win the pennant or go far. But the thing is, though, is like if four teams make the postseason, then it's just a matter of like when they eventually get eliminated, or if one of those teams does go on to the World Series and represent the AL or even win it all. I I'm gonna have to go with the Blue Jays. I think they're a good team. They're a stacked team. I mentioned it there. Yeah, they play in the toughest division of baseball. But I think, like, even though they lost Robbie Ray, even though they lost Marcus Simeon, the move that they made, like, to fill holes, and and also the addition of Matt Chapman, that's going to contribute to, like, their success. And I do think that, like, they'll be led by Vlad Guerrero and, like, another MVP caliber season. And I think maybe this year he will win AL MVP. Um, but we'll go into more of that later. Um, yeah, I know. I can't pick. I, I know I'm not picking the Yankees. I don't. I, 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 and some of the moves that the Yankees made were questioned. Some of the moves the Yankees made were questionable. That's why I can't. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, the when they traded for Donaldson and Isaiah uh, Kiner, uh, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Kiner, um, like um uh, Kalfila or what I can't pronounce his name and I never will but I I, I you know those I questioned like okay I knew we were having stop gaps but that because of the prospects that they have Oswald Peraz Anthony Volpe and whatnot um my thought process is like the pitching like they're starting pitching like it didn't get it it didn't improve. I thought maybe the Yankees would have traded for Sean Manea from Oakland, but I know Oakland would have wanted to trade for the like they want all these prospects. The Yankees aren't going to give up their prospects anymore. They uh, Cashman doesn't want to do that. Um, but the thing about the Yankees is that like who they have right now, it's kind of like a next man up. They they'll find like some random unexpected contributor, and all of a sudden everybody's just going to be like, where the fuck did he come from? So. Well, so like I guess as a Yankees fan, it'll just be a matter of like seeing how they go as the season progresses. Um, we can let's switch our focus now to the um, to the National League 
and we'll go to the division that your Mets are in, in the NL East. And I, like, do you think the Mets are going to win the AL, NL, the NL East, or do you think maybe the Braves like run away with the division uh, based on getting Acuna back and still having Marcelo Zuna and um, the addition of Matt Olson, even though they lost Freddie Freeman? So I think the Mets have a better team than they did coming into last year, um, especially with the addition of Max Scherzer. Um, and Scherzer is back from his injury. And DeGrom, I know a couple weeks ago, he said he was put on – he got injured, but today he was just put on the 10-day injury list, so he will be back soon as well, which gives me hope. Um, and people also forget about another guy in our bullpen is – Chris Bassett is like he I think he is highly underrated um in my opinion. I mean last year he went 12 and 4. I think he could really take a big step up this year um and I also do think Lindor will probably get the NL MVP. That's not me trying to sound like a biased Mets fan. I genuinely think that is a possibility. You think that he he improves from the slump that he had like last year because there's well, no I mean last year like there was a lot of shit that went on with the team. As we know, like yeah, the Mets were just a fuck. Meet the, the Mets were a dumpster fire last year. Meet the Mets, the dumpster fire Mets, exactly. But like, I'm also looking at this like being a Mets fan, like another year where it's like, am I gonna get my hopes up just to be destroyed again? Yeah, well, I mean, my thought like, process here is like the Mets, like they were the big spenders. They've been the big spenders as of late. So it's just a matter of like, if not when, can they actually finally break through? I'm not, I, you know, I'm. Not, I, I'm gonna... I think it's hard to beat the Braves, like in this division, like clearly defending World Series champions. It'll be hard to. Or getting break... their best player yeah. back. What was that? Who are getting their best player back in yeah. Ronald Acuna Jr. off of a torn ACL? Exactly, but it's like I could see us competing. Um, I will still give the NL East to the Braves. I, Mets fans, you can hate me for it. We oh, know, we know where we have been in years past. Yes, this year looks promising, but I am not trying to get my hopes up just to be destroyed again because that's what this team loves to do. I mean, my thought process is it's like Cohen's money goes a long way, but the Braves are are, are pro- the Braves are going to get better. They're gonna they're gonna be more deeper. They got they yeah they lost Freddie Freeman, but they've got an all they've got they brought in Matt Olson. And when they brought in Matt Olson, it was just a matter of where Freddie Freeman was going, and it was to the Dodgers. Um, they still have they have great pitching. They have uh, they're going to get a Cooney back. Uh, like they're the defending World Series champions. And here's a hot take: I, you know, I think Matt Olson may win. I think Matt Olson's going to win an NL MVP, and I'll go into more of that later. But when I look at the Mets, like. You're right. Lindor can't have a can't have a shit year two seasons in a row. There's no way it can happen. But I think like how the Mets perform is going to come down to the health of Stras. Not yeah, fuck. I'm going to say Strasburg, but that's Washington. The health of Scherzer and Degrom. I mean, I'm just thankful that both of them have already been injured. So it's like maybe and they they're going to continue in- to get injured <laughs> all season. And that's maybe my they up- maybe they won't get injured again. No, I've, that's my that's my second take. This partnership is gonna fucking fail. Like I, I'm not gonna I'm not trying to sound like a biased Yankees fan here. But I think they're gonna share Cy Young votes at the end of the year. They will still share Cy Young votes at the end of the year, but they're gonna be out no. for they're gonna be out for a good period of time though. Both of them, I feel like the Grom is 
Degrom is just too injury prone, and with sure, sure, and with Scherzer's age, like, I mean, like, yeah, the Mets, the Mets sign, like, him going anywhere is a great signing because, like, it immediately adds to like, improve. It immediately improves like a pitching staff of any team because, like, he's still like a great pitcher in my opinion. But the thing is, though, is like, I really don't think that. I really don't think that the partnership is going to work. Honestly, I really think that it's going to fall flat. Um, if they are healthy, there's not a better one-two combination in baseball. But it's just, it, you know, it's just a matter of what we see as the season goes on. There, I think the because of that, because of because of that with the Mets, and because of how I think the Braves are going to be, I think they'll win the division. But I'm not gonna like write off. I'm not going to like completely like write off. Say maybe the, say maybe the Phillies either because the Phillies like are gonna build around reigning MVP Bryce Harper. They signed Nick Castellanos in the offseason, so I'm not gonna write them off. Um, let's move into the Central. I mean, the Central is pretty much like the Central is pretty much kind of like a one and a half team horse race in my opinion this year. Like, it's just a matter of what do you think the Brewers are? I think are I'm going to disagree with you. I want to see where you're going with this, though. I think it's just a matter of, like, where the Brewers are, car- like, who you, like, who, like, if, if it's between the Brewers and Cardinals. Like, I mean, the Cubs are doing a re, the Cubs are doing a rebuild, don't get me wrong. And I think the Cubs' rebuild will be accelerated with the signings of Marcus Stroman and also w- with the signings of Marcus Stroman and also, um, Saya, uh, Saya Suzuki. Like those two, those two, like, will, those two will easily like make the, how do you think Suzuki adjusts to the MLB though, coming from Japan? He won't be like Otani. Like he won't be, he won't be like Otani being like a ones in general generational talent, but with the money that he signed from for like the money that the Cubs paid for him, the five-year, eighty-five million-dollar deal, the Cubs think that he will figure out Major League Baseball eventually, like sooner than later. Um, another thing too is like I'm also looking at Wade Miley joining Chicago's rotation. So like I'm not going to say that like I'm writing off the Cubs completely. I just don't think that they're going to do it. I just don't think that they're going to be there like right now. I think maybe give them a year or two again. Uh, give them a year or two, and they'll be good. And then, and then they'll be good again. It's like the Tigers and Twins in the AL Central. They're just like one or two years away. But then you've got the dumps. Then you've got the Reds who like still have Joey Votto, but like don't have anybody else. I mean, they have Luis Castillo, who like me as a Yankees fan, I've been wanting for the past like three seasons, but they never pull the trigger. I always, he's always like rumblings for him, but he's not like never like actually leaves. And then. And then there's a mob front in Pittsburgh that um, uh, fucking uh, Paulie Galtieri is fucking running down there over in, on the three, on the rivers. But um, I want to hear like what you've got to say about the Central. So I think it's definitely the Brewers' division to lose. Um, I I think the clubs are closer than you think. Um, to be honest. Um, cause I know you just think you said what the Cardinals and Brewers basically. Yeah. It's kind of like a, it's kind I, of like 
it's kind of like a one and a half team race in my opinion. I think the Cubs are closer than you think, but I also do think still this is the Brewers division. And I mean that I think most people would agree with that statement as well, though. Oh yeah. I mean the Brewers, I mean, they've. I mean the brew, like, you know, the Brewers are like the Brewers, like they really didn't make any moves like in the off season. But the thing is though, is like, they still have Corbin Burns. They still have Christian Yelich. Like, they they have very good depth in my honest. They have very good depth in my honest opinion, um, and they also have they also have just good. They also have good pitching as well. Um, very incredible pitching, but when I look at the Cardinals, they're just like the Cardinals are just going to be fueled by this internal push to get. Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright, and Albert Pujols back into the postseason so that they can end their careers and go out like retire in style, quote unquote. Because the thing is, though, is like they have Nolan Arenado, one of the best third basemen in the game. They have like they have a pretty they have a pretty good team overall. Like when you look at the pitching, you look at the bullpen, you look at like their offense, their defense and offense, but. It's more along the lines of like the sentimental retirement tour for these three players because it is the last dance for all of them. But I mean, it's pretty much down there. I mean, we'll agree to disagree about the Cubs. Like, I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't think the Cubs are bad. I don't. I don't think that they're. I don't think that they may will make the postseason this year, though. I think they're one or two years away still. But with that being said, I mean, let's move on to the NL West. And I mean, this here, this here practically is more along the lines of like, why, like, is there a, is there a way you don't see the Dodgers winning the NL West with who they have and what they have? The only way they don't win is if their team all just passes away and the Dodgers don't have a team. That's it. That's it. Everybody dies. Jesus. Everyone God. everyone has to die for them not to not to win this division. Or the Giants. Everyone, have, I, I was gonna be a little more realistic here. The Giants actually have to like have a spectacular like they did like last year. But I mean, like I'm not gonna go that. I. I mean, their lineup is fucking relentless i mean one of the best lineups we've had we've I, that baseball has seen in the past decade i mean literally like one through nine somebody can hit it out of the ballpark i mean they led the national league and run scored last year they have trey turner for a full season as well and they added an mvp and world series mvp gold glove winner and world series champion and freddie freeman like I like shit. I mean, the Dodgers are going to win the West and I'm just going to say it right now. They're going to win the NL pennant and they're going to make the world series and they potentially could win the world series this year. And in my honest opinion, it's a world series or bust year. And if they don't win the world series, then it's just going to be a complete disappointment on the Dodgers franchise because of the money that they have invested into the lineup and the money they invested in their pitching and just the overall payroll. I mean, they're the, they literally pay. They literally have the highest payroll in all of baseball. They have for years now. And looking back at the last, like, looking back at the now the last like five six years of baseball, like, 
The Dodgers made the World Series in 17 and 18. They didn't in they they did not in 2019. They did in 2020. They did not in 2021. In 2022, I think they have the have to win the World Series. They'll easily get into the postseason. But in this span stretch here, if they don't win the World Series and it's only one World Series title out of three World Series appearances and two non-World Series, two non-NL pennant winning years, I think you may have to question like the you've I think I think the the I think the management style of Dave Roberts may have to get questioned, and they may have to they may have to eventually bring somebody in when I when I look at this team. But and if they don't if they don't win the World Series, I'd fire him the next day. I would. The only like that that's the only thing that I that's the only thing that I don't see. That's the only thing that would have to happen for them to like win the World Series because they have the best lineup. They have a great pitching staff. They have probably the best squad in all of baseball on paper and it's just and it would just be a catastrophe and it would just be a colossal failure if they don't win at all i i think most people would agree with you i mean i I was going to pick them to win my pennant as well and i could see them getting to getting to the world series i mean i think kind of last year with the braves beating them was just kind of like the Braves were on a run. Yeah, that, that's all it was. They caught the Braves at the wrong time. I think you played again. You play that series over again just at a separate time. I think the Dodgers win. I mean, the Dodgers have been good for so long. And I agree with you. I think this team could honestly win the World Series again for, what, the second time in three years, four years, however long now? Yeah, it'll be second time in three years because they did, they won in 20. They didn't win in 21. They lost in the NLCS to the Braves. Um but yeah, the thing is, there is like, if it goes to show in this in this six year stretch here, if they only have the one World Series to title to to show for it, and a bubble World Series title for to show for it as well in a shortened season, like I I I would fire I would have to fire Dave Roberts, like that that's literally it. I I think this is a pro I think this is a prove it year for him. You have the horses, you have the tools. You go out there and win. And if you don't, then you're gone. And it would have been, it's like the Rams. Like the Rams had the horses, they had the tools. And if they did not win that Super Bowl, which we all know they won, I would have fired Sean McVay. I would have fired Sean McVay and the general and the general manager the next day. I would have said, fuck you, you're out of here. We're bringing in a new coach. We're bringing in a new GM. You can't, you can't win with these, you can't win with these players. And that's just me. That's literally just me. Like I feel like if I, I literally feel like I sound like I sound like PSG like ownership in a way. Like I bring it. Like I have all the I have all the toys, and like they're like the I'm like I have all the toys. I have all the animals in the circus, and yet the ringmaster can't fuck. And yet I haven't found the perfect ringleader, the perfect ringmaster to like get them to like to to lead the show to make it to make the show perfect i feel like that but the thing is though is like i'm sorry that's just how i feel like i mean i look at the new york like i'll go back to the al like right now 
I look at the new at the New York Yankees. So it's like who they have on their team. Aaron Boone's done a terrible job, in my opinion, being a Yankees fan. I mean, they they haven't made a World Series in well over a decade. I mean, there was those few years where they were kind of like in a retool, rebuild mode. But like Aaron Boone, like when he took over in 2018, I mean, yeah, they've made the playoffs every season. But like knocked out in the wild card round in 2018. Lost in the ALCS in 2019, got knocked out in the wild card round in 2020, got knocked out in the wild card game, got knocked out in a wild card game, not the wild card round, fuck me, the divisional round, got knocked out in the divisional round in 2018, got knocked out in the ALCS in 2019, got knocked out in the divisional round in 2020, lost in the wild card game in 2021, and two of those ser- and two of those ser- two of those series and games that they lost to. We're the Boston, which is fucking hard, which is fucking heart drenching to me. Fuck, like I would have left Aaron Boone in Boston after that game in October. But I mean, that's how that's just how I feel about this. Um, but I mean, let's just move to like we kind of like no, like we've kind of like agreed that like it's pretty much the Dodgers or bust to win the NL pennant. But just to round out the playoffs here, like who do you think like will actually like win, like make the NL wild card? So probably Giants and Mets for sure, and then either the so Giants and Mets for me are two locks. Then it's either got to be the Padres or the Phillies. I'm thinking like I agree with you about the Giants and the Mets. The Giants like are still a good team. Like they just have the unfortunate disadvantage, uh, the unfortunate break of playing with the Dodgers. Indiana, yeah. um, the Mets are locked. They just have the unfor. They, it all just depends on like how well they play with. The, it all depends on how well the pitching tandem of Scherzer and Degrom holds up, and like they play, they play in the division with the Braves. I'm gonna go with the Padres in my honest opinion, because they're gonna bounce back from that terrible season in 2021. Got a new manager. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr. He just has to stay healthy and not and not fucking right go on motorcycles anymore. Just stay off of them. I would sit him down and say, "No more motorcycles for you. Get the fuck off of them." But that's just me there. Um, they still like they lost. They lost. Um, Tommy Pham went to the Reds. Uh, no, wait, yeah. He was at like shit. I'm thinking like, but they still like have, but. Um, uh, they still have Blake Snell. They've got a good team. They've got good pitching. Um, but yeah, my thought process is that there, I think the Padres over the Phillies, um, and I'm not discrediting the Phillies at all. I think they're a good team. It's just more along the lines that I think the Padres will be a deeper team. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Wait, why the fuck did I say Tommy Pham was like for the? Yeah, no, Tommy Pham was on the Padres the last season. He was on Tampa like, and the season before. That's right. He got traded there from Tampa. I almost had, a, I almost had a brain fart. I'm like, they lost Tommy Pham, but like, no, he was on Tampa. But then I remembered he got traded too. Like he was, he got traded. Like he left Tampa and went to uh, San Diego. But I mean, so like, we've got our AL pennant winners. We've got our NL pennant winner. And like what? It's pretty much the Dodgers winning the the World Series this year. And if they don't, like it's kind of like a fire everybody move. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I agree with I, that. I, I, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, 
I mean, it is. I mean, my thing is, is that like the Dodgers like literally have like it there. Um, so no, I mean, so I mean, my thought process here is like, I mean, looking at like a like MVP, Cy Young, like Rookie of the Year awards, like, I mean, who do you like? Who do you think like will take AL MVP? AL MVP. I feel like you want to say Otani. But you may, but I think, but I feel like you also may say Trout just to like throw me off there. Like, I feel like you're leaning towards the Angels. Or am I wrong? I want to say Vlad. Vlad oh, I am here. Yeah, well, I just, I just kind of, I mean, I'm kind of being like a little, I guess, a homer with that one just because like he's just north of the border with us and he was exciting to watch last year. Well, I mean, but, my thought process is, is like, you're, I'm not going to call you a homer because he had a fantastic season last year because I think, like, he'll improve. I think he can only improve on his near triple crown season. And, I mean, yeah, Shohei Otani is, like, a generational talent. But the thing is, though, is I think um, – I literally think, like, I literally think that um, uh, Vlad can only improve. Vlad's going to be the driving force – behind the Blue Jays, like he's going to be the best player on the Toronto Blue Jays, help them get the not only AL East, but also carry them to the AL pennant. Um, I'm not going to say that, like, I think Trout and Otani definitely will get MVP votes, um, but I'm not going to, like, I, I, I just think it's, I think, I, I, I think, I thought Vlad should have won it last season, too. Like, that's just my thought process. So, I think he gets this one for sure. Um, AL Cy Young Award. Like, I, AL Cy Young Award. Like, who do you think, like, who do you think uh, will win the AL Cy Young this year? I, I, I don't want to say it because I don't want to get you hard. So, I'm going to say Shane Bieber. You don't want to say Cole because you're gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm no, not, I'm, no, I'm not getting you. I'm not gonna give you a rock on right now. So I'm gonna say Shane Bieber. You're gonna say Shane. Hey, I mean, like, you no, know, I, like, I think it's, it's Cole is definitely the best pitcher in the AL. Yeah, but the thing is, though, is like Shane Bieber can have a spectacular season. Like he's he's one he's one of the best pitchers in the AL. I mean, Lucas Giolito can have a great year. Could could be a contender for it as well. Me could also be a contender for the AL Cy Young as well. I mean, uh, I mean, my thought process is that like, um, I mean, my thought process is those two will like Shane Bieber, Lucas Giolito, two great pitchers. I think Cole finally gets it this year though. And I mean, you know, I'm going to sound like a bias Yankees fan. I thought he got robbed last season. And people I did will too. Listen. I did too. People will listen to me. And they'll think I'm wrong, and they'll say, oh, you're just a biased fucking Yankees fan. And I'll say this, go fuck yourselves. I don't care. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to pull, I'm going to, I'm going to pull a Paul Bissonnette here. Kiss my fucking ass. Okay. I'm going to pull that. But the thought process is, is that like, yeah, he missed time when he had COVID. Yeah. The spider tech thing. Yeah. The grip substances. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray, like he pitched against, he pitched in the same division as Robbie Ray. I thought he was a better pitcher than Robbie Ray. I like. I thought he was the best pitcher in the league last year, in my opinion. Yeah, 
Hands down, he was. I mean, he led the only category he didn't lead in was wins. He was a better pitcher than Robbie Ray in every almost every other single category. But because Robbie Ray, but because Robbie Ray had had more wins than him, my opinion is this: it's like, and I've had I've had this conversation with my dad before, and we have we've had arguments. Wins for pitchers are like wins for quarterbacks at this point. Like if like. You don't control like how the game goes. The offense, like, and I'm gonna bring up Jake, and I'm gonna bring up Jacob Degrom here. Jacob Degrom on his day is the best pitcher in all of Major League Baseball. The guy is a fucking stud, but he's too injury prone, which sucks. But the thing is, though, is like he he pitches amazing, but then when he pitches, the Mets offense can't do jack shit. Like they literally they they he'll give up like he'll give up zero to two runs. They'll score one to two runs, and he'll walk away with a no decision. Sadly, and he'll have his record end up be like thirteen and thirteen, and everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, he's only got thirteen wins." But like, uh, but the thought process is like, "Look what he's doing. He's striking out anywhere from seven to ten, from seven to ten a game. He's getting, he's pitching like six, he's pitching six plus innings a game when he's not injured." And that's the same thing about and. And that's and that's how I feel about pitchers. Like they, if if they have like if they have like a great ERA, which is like around if they have like a wonderful ERA, like if they're like if their ERA is like around is like around three, maybe two and a half to three. If they've got over two hundred strikeouts, if they have like a like if they've got like a great if they've got like a great whip, if they've got like if those those are the stats that matter for me for pitching. It's not my. It's not the pitcher's fault that they didn't get the win. If the offense is, if the offense only put, if the offense only has one hit through seven innings, like that's not that's on the hit. That's on the offense there. That's that's your star offense. That's your star players. Well, that's like I think like wins and losses for pitchers are just like not wins and losses for QBs. Like those aren't QB stats. Exactly. That's exactly. And there shouldn't be pitcher stats either. Like, that's something you shouldn't look at. Exactly. That's exactly it. Like looking at a QB, like it's not my fault. Like it's not. It's not fucking. It's not Garrett Cole's fault that fucking that Aaron Judge like went zero for four with three strikeouts. That's Aaron Judge's fault. It's not. Um. Uh, it's not Jacob Degrom's um uh, fault that Francisco Lindor went oh, went one for three with uh, two grounds uh, grounding into double plays. That's Francisco Lindor's fault. Um, and even looking at it, like from an NFL standpoint, like it's not, uh, let me, let me throw a, I'll throw a me, I'll throw like a average quarterback in here. It's not Kirk Cousins' fault that like, he actually like had like a game where he threw over 300 yards and like had two, had, had three touchdown passes, but yet the Vikings lost because they gave up 37 points. That's not his fault. The Vikings defense gave up 37 points. Stop 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 Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay Packers. It's funny how when you said you're going to think of like an average quarterback, my mind as soon as you said that I went to Kirk Cousins and you said Kirk Cousins as well. Cuz I mean he's not terrible. He's I mean the only thing I hate going like, I don't want to get into that. I was just going to say the only thing I hate about QB stats as well is like sometimes the yards are perplexed as well because like you're just throwing in shit time when you're down. Exactly. That's exactly it there. But I mean, like, hey, I mean, you're good. I mean, hey, Garrett Cole, hands down, my AL Cy Young. You don't like, you just don't want to like get me happy, say Shane Bieber. But the thing is, though, is like, I'm not going to disagree with your opinion either. Um, 
I like I guess like what we can do here is like move on to like AL rookie of the year. And I think I'm gonna say that like Bobby Wood Jr. from the Kansas City Royals, who I was just talking about earlier, I think he will get AL rookie of the year. Like the kid is go- the kid's gonna be like one of the most talented rookies we've seen in some time. Like he had a fantastic spring. He had a he he had a pretty good sp- uh, spring training. I mean, obviously, like you know, he's gonna like he'll he'll have some ups and downs like this season, but he's only a rookie. Like he's gonna he's gonna it's gonna be some growing pains there. But he's got great bat speed. He's got great power. He's got great speed. He's got like, he's kind of like a four and a half tool player there. He's got speed. He's got great defense. He's got a good arm. And I mean, my th- I mean, my thoughts my thoughts on this is like he's gonna become the face of the Royals until they somehow decide to trade him. Unless they don't, and he decides to like be on media, be associated with mediocrity for fifteen years. Um, I, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know many rookies this year, so I'm gonna agree with you. Oh, all right, fair enough. <laughs> I, was, I was I was hoping that when we were going on, I'm like, just don't go to the rookies because I don't. I was gonna agree with you every time we bring up the rookies and make you look I, good. Fair enough, fair enough. There. I mean, another another rookie to look out for in the AL will be Spencer Torkelson, top prospect from the Tigers, and I think he'll be a good contribution to like the Tigers' success this year. And he'll be one to look out for over years to come as well. And that, and he'll be one of the main reasons as like why the Tigers will be low key good, and then also like why they will eventually make the playoffs within two to three years. Um, NL MVP. Who do you think like will, who do you think will win NL MVP this year? Lindor. Yes, you did tell me that, but like you think like so. Yes, you did tell me that there. So like you think Lindor? Just to confirm, you think Lindor will bounce back? tremendously from his shit performance. Yeah, or or depending on how he comes back from this injury, either Lindor or Acuna. I like it. I like it. I mean, I, I mean Juan Soto I is another name you could throw out there. But yeah, so- I like I like the other two guys' chances better. Yeah, this is where my hot take comes in. Matt Olson. I think Matt Olson is going to win M- NL MVP this year. I think he's going to. Uh, he's he had a he had a great. He is he's another one. He had a great spring training. I think he's going to adapt well to Truist Park, um, the Georgia weather, the Georgia sun. Truist Park is tru- Truist Park, like a hitter hitter friendly ballpark, in my opinion. I think he'll adapt well. He'll have a great season offensively. He's one of the best first basements in the game, and obvious. And in my opinion, like. Yeah, Freddie Freeman's not there anymore, but the Braves are not going to miss Freddie Freeman at all, and Matt Olson will win MVP. Matt Olson is not like one of the names that like anybody has mentioned there. Like obviously, you mentioned like Soto, Lindor, Acuna. Well, I, I entered the easy, the obvious options. Yeah, I mean Bryce Har. I mean, I mean the thing is though is like, I also look at how Bryce Harper won NL MVP last season. Nobody talked about him because the Phillies were like a decent team, but they weren't great. And he ended up winning it. And he had like one of the most underrated MVP seasons ever. So that's why I'm going to say Matt Olson. Nobody's going to talk about Matt Olson until maybe about August. And then they'll remember that he's on the Braves and the Braves are defending World Series champions. And then they'll be like, oh shit, Matt Olson's got like 35 home runs and 120 RBIs. And they'll just be like, oh shit. Um, NL Cy Young, 
Uh, which of your one-two tandem are you going to take, or are you just going to play somebody else? <laughs> Can I go to Grom Scherzer? Yeah, go right ahead, you biased Mets fan. <laughs> I'm going to Grom Scherzer. They're going to share the votes, and they're going to yeah. both win. You're gonna both, you know, oh, you think they're gonna do co young? So that's a hot take right there. I don't think I've ever seen that before. It's that's gonna happen this year. They're gonna be both so good that they, the voters can't decide. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be so good for the hospital. The Mets, the Mets are gonna be paid. okay. If if they if both these guys stay healthy all season, I said we that. we we win the NL East. I said I said that there. If both of those guys are healthy all season. They'll be the best one-two punch in baseball. But if they spend more time in an emergency yeah. room than they do on the pitching mound, then fuck it. The Mets season is done. Well, let's be honest. Okay, so say they do get injured this season. If we make playoffs and both these guys are healthy come playoff time, I am not a team that wants to go see the Mets. I wouldn't want to see Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer either. I mean – like we know what those two are capable in the regular. We know what those two pitchers are capable of. So like I'm not gonna say like, hey, they're they're not good. They're not gonna get Cy. I'm not gonna say they're not gonna get Cy Young votes. And I'm not, and and from a serious standpoint, I'm not gonna say that they're gonna spend a lot of time on the IL this season either. But given their injury history, they will spend some time on the IL. I feel like, and that's just my opinion there. But also, I'm not gonna say that like, like. The Grom, I said it. The Grom's the best pitcher in the game on his day. Scherzer for thirty-seven, still a top pitcher as well. Um, but I think it's gonna be Walker Buell. I think it's gonna be Walker Bueller actually. Like confident pitcher, has no fear. He literally like he command like he's a great commander of the plate. As many as six pitches, he's got he he's he throws into the upper nineties on a consistent basis. The Dodgers still have Clayton Kershaw, but Walker Buehler is their ace now. And I know he finished fourth in the Cy Young voting last season, but he surpassed 200 innings last season. He's got like he's got a great offense and a deep bullpen. But the thing is, though, is like I don't think he'll need that deep bullpen. I think like he'll be able to go six plus innings on a consistent basis, depending on the uh, on a consistent basis. And with how he's able to command as many as six pitches and throw into the upper 90s, he takes the next step and wins Cy Young. But your boys will get some votes. Your boys will get some votes. I think uh, Corbin Burns will also get some good votes as well. Um, as well. And then maybe even, and then, um, uh, and then maybe even like Aaron Nola, Aaron Nola as well. But last thing here. NL Rookie of the Year. I'm gonna be honest here. There's not a good. There's not a, a lot of rookies on the National League side I know about. So, and because the Cubs threw 85 million dollars at a guy, at this guy, Seiya Suzuki is my pick for NL Rookie of the Year. I think he. I think he's a great talent coming over from Japan. Not as generational as Otani, but I think he'll adapt. He may have some growing pains along the season. But I think he's going to be a huge reason as to why the Cubs' rebuild will be accelerated more so than it, than we've thought. I'll agree with you just because I said that he was going to boost the Cubs. Um, he was going to boost the Cubs up right away, and I actually know him. 
So I that would oh be you know him well yeah I I mentioned him earlier talking about the Cubs signing him I'm fucking with you you said you know him like oh you know oh, him Did well yeah, him? me and him are cool me and him go hit uh the the <laughs> no no we hit nose of beers every once in a while together oh yeah you go for beers every fucking Friday night don't <laughs> Jesus Christ you don't even invite me God damn it well I got well I, I all right he told me to keep it on the low. Uh, so, okay, well now, now, now it's not on the low. It's on in the airwaves, my friend. Now you're not, he's never going to talk to you again. Now, well, it's fine. Now he's in the middle of the season. Now I'll talk to him come November. Yeah, he's, yeah, season's starting for him. I know. Um, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's where I'm at there. Um, I, I, I guess like all I would really say there is like, uh, do you have any like hot takes on the season? Like as as we go through it, like about anything, Orioles will be five hundred. That Jesus fucking Christ, that is a hot take. I like it though. They'll be five hundred. Shit, I didn't have them. Every, I don't have them as a win team. I have them at like fifty five. But all right, we're marking that one down. Orioles eighty one and eighty one, according to Jake Sosha. All right. Um. The Rockies trade Chris Bryant at the deadline. I yeah, don't. I could. Th- I could uh, yeah. That's the, that's more reasonable than mine is. The Twins trade Carlos Correa at the trade deadline. They're going to be terrible. If the Twins shit the bed, and if they're terrible, like they are nowhere near playoff postseason contention in July, I think they trade Correa. Because the thing is, is that the, he, it's a three-year deal, but he has an opt-out after this season, and he very could, well could hit the open market again this offseason, the next offseason, if the Twins suck. But if the Twins suck this season, I feel like they'll trade him and try to get something back instead of losing him for nothing. I, yeah, I, that that's 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 reasonable. I, I mean, it's a hot take, but. It's more reasonable than yeah. the Orioles going. Well, that's for a hot take, and that's the hottest thing that came to my mind. Oh, God. I mean, my hot take, my hottest take was Matt Olson winning MVP. Like, I really think Matt Olson could win MVP, but um, no, you know, honestly. I the San Diego Padres will fit will the San Diego Padres will be a 500 team this season if they don't like if actually no I can't even say that because I take I have them making the wild card so fucking scratch that um and I can't even say anything about Boston because they, I have them in the wild card too um The Detroit Tigers will win 87 games this season. 87. They will be 80. They will win 87 games. It's not a hot take. It's a lukewarm take, but I think they can win 87. I think they'll win 87 games. They were the hot. They were one of the hottest teams in baseball in the second half of the season. The offseason moves that they've made. They've got young. They've got young talent, and they still have Miguel Cabrera, who is able to contribute in any. Who is able to contribute once and uh, still in a, still in a great shape or form as well. Um, 
<sighs> and then, fuck it. You know what? Hot take here. Pirates. The pirates will. The pirates will win seventy-five games. They're a sixty-win team. I think they'll win seventy-five. Hello. Hi. Sorry. I was just. I was just. I was just thinking. You're thinking. I was, I was just thinking. I you don't got- know. I, I was because the other ones I kind of like. I could see this one. I don't know because I just don't think they're that good. Who the Tigers? Yeah. Yeah. It's a hot take for you then. The pirate. The Pirates are not going to get. No. The, uh, no. The, sorry. I thought you said the. No. I was talking about the Pirates. I don't think they're good. No, they're not good. The Orioles aren't good either, but you said they're going to go 500. So. Well, it's more reasonable for them to go 500 than the Pirates win, what did you say, 87? I, no, I said the Tigers win 87 games. The Pirates win 75. So I think mine's more reasonable than both. Ah, well, we'll see what Mine's more reasonable than both. We'll see what happens. Just, there's no shot. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back at the end of the season just looking like an idiot when the Orioles only win like 41 games. <laughs> there's no shot though. There's no fucking shot the Pirates win 60 games, so let alone 75. But I think the Tigers can win 87. The Tigers win 87. That's my hot take. We'll see. That's my hot take for them. I I wanted to say the Red Sox would finish under 500 as a biased Yankees fan, but I can't contradict myself and say that like they're going to make the wild card and then all of a sudden say, "Oh yeah, no, they're going to they're going to finish with like 72 wins." Like I can't just fucking do that and contradict myself. But <laughs> I think my I think I contradicted myself cuz if the Orioles went 500, that would probably push one of the teams in the AL East probably out of a wild card spot because of how many games the Orioles would have to win against them. Probably. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I mean, the thought process is there is like the Orioles could still find, could somehow magically find a way to go 500 and everybody else in the AL East would have over 81 wins. Right. They just beat the Orioles every time. Then the Orioles just beat everyone else. Exactly. That's exactly it there. Um, That's exactly it. I think they need, I think for the Orioles to be good, they're going to need a new logo. I think, I think Mr. O is kind of outdated. They need something tougher. They need a lot. They need a fucking lot. Is this another team man you could take over and bring to glory? No. I don't want to deal with that. They're too far gone? I just don't want to go to Baltimore. Baltimore, I I mean, Baltimore's... Yeah, I don't either. We'll get shot as soon as we step in the streets down there. Yeah, pretty fucking much. Jesus Christ. Um, uh, High crime rate there for sure, but... um, uh, high crime rate for sure down there, but shit. Um, I am excited for the baseball season. I'm excited for opening day. I'm excited that's baseball season. Um, we'll see what happens with our predictions, our preview, and everything there. But I do know that now, I do know that you want to actually like switch over to some hockey talk and more Sabres talk. And I do want to break to you. Owen Power will be, will be joining the Buffalo Sabres sooner than expected. Because Denver beat Michigan in overtime. No, don't say you're going to break to me like you didn't ignore my text when I texted you about it. I didn't even see you text me. <laughs> I texted you like an hour and a half ago. Sorry, I have my notifications off like when we record, so. Oh, uh, that's fine. And I just saw I was going to say they lost in overtime. Yeah, they lost in overtime. So, like, the prospects for the Sabres are. So, uh, does that mean he could be here by Sunday? Maybe because we play, we're in Tampa Sunday, so 
Maybe. I mean, I wouldn't let him. I mean, he may not play Sunday, but who? I mean, maybe the situation for Sabres goalie like got a little bit easier now. Like now that Eric Portillo is also out of the Frozen Four. Um. So yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. With the Sabres was kind of like our goaltending going into next season, because with with Devin Levi going back to college, I we need at this point we need to sign Portillo because. Next year would be his fourth year, and he would be able to. If he stayed in college, <clears throat> excuse me, he would be able to become just a free agent, sign wherever he wants. Right? Yeah, because next year will be twenty twenty three, so it's four years. Oh, so it'll be. So we have this year and next year to sign Portillo, but I think we need to bring him in this year, and clearly he would be down. I think he would be down in Rochester. I would assume. Um, that is based on the fact that what do we think? Because so Levi's back to college, so clearly we'll sign him next year. Um, yep. But Portillo, because it's like right now, if we can, it's a good situation the Sabres are having with having like a lot of young goaltenders coming up like through the ranks. Like Ukapekalukan, I think, barring injury, should be like uh, not a number. I don't want to call him a number one. But I want to call him like a guy who can play split a game 50-50 with someone next year. And that's why I'm hoping we can kind of bring Craig Anderson back. Because let's be honest, Craig Anderson, if he would have got to play like a full season without like injuries and stuff. The Sabres would find themselves in playoff. Yeah, they'd be, they'd be in playoff contention right now because he's been one of the best goaltenders in the league. And especially over these past couple games, games he's been playing on his head. Oh, but 100%. it's probably the fact that if – because Craig Anderson's what, 40 years old and 41, maybe? Oh, he's 40. Um, turning 41 next month. It's like, what is he going to want to come back for another season? Because if not, I don't know if we want to keep Malcolm Subban around. I don't know about Malcolm. Because Malcolm Subban like, came to Buffalo and like then got out for the season, like like gaming at, like, what, a weekend? Yeah, uh, I mean, he played good when he was here. Don't get me wrong. But he got hurt right away. And he's always been like a a backup or an AHL or for, cause he was with Vegas and then he was with Chicago. Exactly. I mean, my thought process about Anderson is that like the Sabres want to bring him back and he's not against, and he's not against coming back actually. Or is That's, this like confirmed? I believe like it was, I like, I was looking like from like the Buffalo news and like the charging buff and uh, the charging buff isn't like the most reliable in the source but I would trust like the Buffalo news writers to like where they get their information, or at least I hope that they get their information at, from actual sources and just don't pull it out of their ass. But I mean, my thought process there is like, if Anderson actually isn't against like leaving and if the Sabres do want to bring him back, obviously I think it would be like a one-year deal in my opinion. That way, like we can bring along like Uka Pekalukin in, um, and Eric Portillo, and then just wait for Devin Levi to come back from to finally leave Northwestern. And then after next season, when Anderson leaves, like we'll be like we're in a really good place, like right now, goaltending wise. But then, what do we do? So, this is what do we do? So, I want the, the reason I want to talk about this is kind of I wanted to jump into the future a little bit. So, clearly, Ukapekalukin, and I believe his contract is up soon, but I'm assuming the Sabres are going to re- want to resign him, correct? The Sabres should want to resign him. I mean, but I, then what do you do with Eric Portillo if we say we do sign him this year? Clearly, he'll be in Rochester next year. But then the following year after that, we'll have Levi. 
So it's like, what, then Portillo steps up and we go 1-2 with Lukanen and Portillo put Levi in Rochester? Or would – do you think Levi – I know goalies take longer to develop, but it's like, do you think Devin Levi is a guy who could come in and be a starter from day one? And it's like, now we're going to have three young goaltenders. Um, Is one possibly trade bait? Like, maybe – yeah, so would you use one as trade bait, or what do you do? One of them could potentially be trade bait. It's just a matter of like a team that like actually needs a goaltender. Now I know looking into the future, like obviously, like we don't know like what the status of NHL goaltending will be in in the, in a few years. I do know this though. I know one team that needs a goal. That w- I know. I know two teams that will need goaltend that will need goaltending down the road. And I'm not trading my goaltenders to either Toronto or Edmonton. I will tell those teams to go fuck themselves before I te- before I trade a goaltender to those two teams because though those two franchises just decide to rely on mediocre mediocrity for goaltenders over the past few years, and now they're pay- and they're continuing to pay the price. But looking at the but back to the Sabers. Like we're in a good spot. Like we're in too good of a spot, in my opinion, when it comes to actually the future of goaltending for the state, like for the franchise. Like I wish we had. I wish we were in this good of a spot after Ryan Miller left. Uh, after Ryan Miller, like finally left the Sabers, but that, like, obviously, like that wasn't the case, and here we are. But. I guess it all depends on like how we see like each goalie like actually play. Like I guess we would have to see clearly Levi and Portillo first at the NHL rank because I do think UPL is a solid goaltender, but I don't think one his health concerns me, and two I don't know if he is going to be a starter in the NHL because I know this year like when he played the Sabres weren't at their best he was like what two he was like two five and two this year something like that um might even be like two six and two but it clearly he didn't get that many games up here I mean his save percentage I remember it was good but it was at a time where the Sabres weren't playing how they are now but it's like how do you it's like I just it's going to be tough for this team to decipher like how they view these goaltenders especially with I mean clearly we're in right now we're in cap heaven with what we're going to be looking at over the next couple of years, because all we have all these guys on 750 year deal or 750 a year deal. Yeah. So 700 are, year deals. Jesus Christ. They're going to be, we're going to be paying we're going to be paying corpses. <laughs> Jesus. But I, I get your point there. I fucked up a little bit there too on the pod, but yeah, no, um, uh, we are in cap heaven. We don't have to worry about goaltenders. I mean, if Uka Pekka shits the bed, like, he's the one that gets traded. That's what uh, I think as well. And I also think – I think right now his value is very high, but clearly we can't get rid of him yet because Levi is clearly going back to Northwestern for a year. And we definitely don't want to have Dustin Tokarski or Aaron Delic in uh, – Well, isn't Tokarski – isn't he gone after this year? He is gone after this year. Aaron Dell's definitely gone after this year. He's never come well, – Well, Aaron Dell, we dropped him already. Well, I know that, but like he's never coming back up. Oh yeah, no, I'm he, saying, I'm saying the Sabers completely released him. He's still here in Rochester, I thought. No, I, I'm pretty sure they completely released him. I know they sent him down like after he got the suspension. Yeah, I, I he, know that, but I thought he, they completely dropped him. 
He was playing games here for the Amherst. Okay, maybe maybe I'm wrong then, and maybe I saw some bad info on Twitter because let's be honest, people on Twitter are shit. Oh yeah, exactly. They don't know jack shit. Um, but the thing is, there is like, I mean, I nonetheless, like, I guess it all depends on like what Anderson does. Yeah. So all right, let's play hypothetical. Anderson doesn't come back then. Do you keep Subban around, or do you think we still look for another? goaltender because like I was thinking Bennington but then because clearly Bennington is not he's been struggling the past couple years I mean he's having a good year this year but also they're a young the guy who's younger than him is playing just as good but then I saw his contract and I don't want to pay that I think he's like I think his contract is like five like five by six or something like that uh Bennington I fuck Bennington wins a cup and everybody thinks that he's a great goaltender I mean he is he is a good goaltender, and he's relatively young for a goaltender. I mean, he's, he's only good for a goaltender. I mean, he's be- he's definitely better. Oh yeah, it was yeah. His contract was six by six. His Bennington's been playing better this season than he was in twenty like than he was like last season and the season before. But I mean, like, I just thought I just think like he was like overhyped because he won the cup with the Blues. But I mean, it is like it is like. I don't know. No, I agree, but I mean, part of me. I mean, like, clearly, yes, this year he is sitting at five hundred. But part of me, part of me, like wants like the saber. I would, you know, part of me would love for the Sabers to like free Carter Hart from fucking the depths of shit in Philadelphia and bring him up. Oh, but I would love that as well. But he's a he's a young goaltender, like. Then we're just gonna make our situation even even more crazy, as to like, okay, well, what the fuck do we do now? But I mean, Carter Hart's contract as well. He just re-signed this past summer, I think, for like three years for like, I think three by like, by like almost four. Three by four. So I think I, I do. You want to pay that for a goalie? That's my thing right now with the Sabers. Is like with the guys we have coming up. I can't pay that. I don't want to pay that for a goalie. But it's like, what goalie? could we think to get on the cheap um i guess like hindsight being 2020 it's a good thing we let uh, allmark go to boston but i think allmark could have been the team starter allmark easily could have been the team starter he just wanted he just wanted to get out of the shit show well the I sabers mean, yeah, offered, didn't at the time the sabers offered him the, the sabers offered him rumor was the sabers offered him the same deal that boston did and they told him and he they told did. them no but the thing is, though, like him going to Boston, unless like, he didn't plan on being the starter, is Swayman has been – is he's unreal. Yeah. Jeremy Swayman, I mean, he's only 23 years old, and he really – I think he'll probably be the starter come playoff time for Boston. Oh, most likely. Most likely. So, like, you just figure that, like, maybe, like, when you look at it that um, – uh, when you look at it that maybe Allmark just got himself into, like, a – like he left a shit situation, but he's not in a situation that he thought he would like. He would see himself in there. But looking at like the goaltending situation we have now, I'm glad that we have Craig. Like now, I'm glad we have Craig Anderson. Like it sucked that he was injured for such a long time, because if we actually had a capable goaltender in net, we would be better off than where we are now. 
Instead, we had fucking Farmer in the fucking Dell with his fucking six-game suspension um, of illegal cross-check bullshit in uh, in that with his dumb dumb with his dumbass. But um, I mean, going back future, going back to the future, like like you said, we need to see how Levi and Portillo will um, will adapt to the NHL, and then when it comes to that. Also, we also need to like see, like, to, for 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 if if we want to be cheap with goalies, I would just bring keep uh, I would just keep Malcolm Subban. But if you actually like want to spend money, like I I guess take a look at the market and see like what's available. I mean, I like the car. I like I do like Carter Hart, and I mean he is right yeah. now just stuck in a Philly. What would Philly want? And now, him. yeah. Because I mean, if you're Philly, you're in a rebuild. I think Carter, if you're like, if you're Philly and looking at like, I have to rebuild, then Carter hires my goalie because he is only what, twenty three years old. He's season, yeah, he's like around our age. Um, but my thought process is like, what would Philly want for him? Like Philly's, like, I mean, yeah. my thought, pro- my thought process is like, Philly, like, would say that they want stuff, like prospects or like whatever or picks, but. In my opinion, there's such shit. If he wants to leave, they have no they have no leverage. You literally could probably like throw two a fourth and a fifth at Philly and Carter Hart's would if he wants to leave, he could say, Take this to the Flyers. Yeah. And then he would and then he would go. Well he can't say that now with this contract. No, he can't, but but I just like, don't like I'm trying to think because like Clearly, you don't want to bring a superstar in right now if you're the Sabres because of what you have going up. But you also still need to fill that goaltending, that goaltending hole. If this is clearly we're talking about, like if you need Anderson stop, yeah. leaves, yeah, you need if Anderson stop, yeah. leaves, this is I mean, like I, the Yankees with their shortstop issues. You need a stopgap. Yeah, I mean, ideally, ideally Anderson stays. We're fine. You get UPL healthy. They're the one-two next year. Um, only problem is if UPL doesn't stay healthy, then it's like, do we, do we kind of take a chance and hope Portillo this isn't going to ruin his development? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, my thought process is is like, obviously, like Portillo, Portillo should will come like what like now that Michigan's like out of the Frozen Four, like he'll sign with the Sabers and whatnot. Um, it's just like, it's just a matter of like where he starts. It's a matter of if Anderson leaves or if he stays, I think Anderson will stay for one more year and then maybe eventually just finally call it quits because he is going to be 41 years old. And then the Sabres will be in a good, and then it's just a matter of figuring out like what to do with Devin Levi and Eric Portillo and then Uka Pekalukanen after, after next season, like in the years to come. But then it's so like, we're, we're in a good spot. We're in too good of a spot. It's just a matter of, like, whoever shits the bed, like, becomes trade bait, in my opinion. But then, like, but at the same time, like, we still have time to, like, actually, like, see how all that unfolds. Agreed. I just, like we, like we said it, we're just in a, a good situation right now. Exactly. And we're just in a good, like, I'd rather be in this situation than be like, what do we do at goaltender where we're going to have to overpay for someone? Whereas like now, I mean, 
watched Devin Levi back in the, I think it was the toy yeah, the 2019 World Juniors was unreal when exactly. he played for Team Canada. Yeah. Clearly, uh, Shane Wright, who is now Florida's goaltender, was the better goalie. But then Spencer somehow Knight. That, Spencer Knight, thank you. Shane um, Wright is Shane, Shane, Shane Wright, bro. Spencer Knight. Oh, my Shane, God. No, it's, it's not your night. To, no pun intended. It's not your night guy, but it's all good there. Oh, God. Shane. <laughs> yeah, Spencer Knight. Yeah, no, he – fantastic prospect that the Panthers have. Yeah, and I left, Levi was on that team as well, but we ended up getting him in that trade. So it's like, I think Levi come future is our number one. I think he, I, I've been high on him since I, me and you talked about him. I think it was last year when we were doing the podcast, I talked about him at Florida. Yeah. Then we like, got him in the trade and then I was ecstatic about it and no one knew who he was and people thought it was a bad move. And now all of a sudden, everyone who, even the charging bump was down on him. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, if you actually like watch hockey and like watch the world juniors, you would see what I saw in Devin Levi. Well, my thought process was, is like, I just never heard of him. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I'm like, my thought process is like, all right, we got a goaltender out of this. Like, all right, is he any good? And then like, I actually like, I, like you told me by my watch clips and I'm like, all right, shit. Like this guy's act, this kid actually like could be our starter, like down the line. So like, it's not like, there's nothing like, so like, that's perfectly fine. Like, that's perfectly understandable there now. And then again, like you said, like the, um, uh, like everybody else that like took doubt onto him. It's they, they realized that they were wrong. That's all it was there. They realized that like, Oh shit, this guy's actually pretty good. We fucked up. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, I'm excited for what, I mean, my thing about the Sabres is though right now, it's like, yes, I know we're playing great and me and you have talked about this, but it's like, is it one of these things this team's playing great now because we're playing loose and like, cause we don't have a ch- chance anymore. And all the other teams are not playing the best goaltenders against us. And all these other teams now, like the good teams aren't they're They're still trying, but it's like, it's almost playoff time for them. And they don't want to get hurt or anything. And I just hope we can carry what the Sabres are doing right now into next season. And I'm just worried that, like, we've been down this road before where we, just like the Arizona Coyotes for years were the same way as the Sabres are right now, as they were out of playoff contention come December, January time. And then all of a sudden, come, like, end of February into March, they're just turning it on. It's like, well, it's the same old song and dance. So the Sabres, as good as they're playing now, I need to see it next season. Exactly. I need to see how it goes, like, next season, too. But then again, like I said, here we are, like in this is April. Um, so like we'll see how the end of the NHL season goes, and then like we'll see what happens as the months go on. But I'm excited for like the future of the Sabres overall. I know we talked about it last week. I'm excited that we have like some very good goaltending prospects as well compared to like years past. We haven't had we'll and we also got Zach Johnson that we're gonna coming out of Minnesota barring Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Barring on when they win or lose, I think the Sabres give him a contract as well. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, like, that would be a good move as well for them. So, like, the Sabres definitely have some – the Sabres definitely have, like, some discussions to make about, like, their prospects and, like, how they want to – how they want to incorporate the prospects into the team or if they just want to have them develop in Rochester, um, like, for a season or two, depending on, like, you know – depending on like how everything goes there. 
and then of course obviously like the market like free agency and trade market will play a role in everything as well but then again like we said like we're saying like this is all speculation this is all our thought process this is all like a matter of like what we think like what we would like to see here so that's understandable there um like i said like 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 we're saying though the future looks bright It's very, it's very bright. But like I said, it's not bright if we do if we start out the season next year like we did this year. This is true. Hey, we started out like five and zero, but then we sh- shit the bed. But yeah. But no, because like you see what I mean though. But it's like the same old song and dance when it comes to this time of year. Where yeah. Like, especially since we knew we weren't gonna be getting close to the Shane, the Shane, it wasn't going to be like the Jack Eichel McDavid type situation where it was us in Arizona. And then somehow Edmonton got the pick. Yeah, no, like my thought process is like, we're nowhere near the Shane, like, right? Yeah, we, weren't, we weren't in the strain, right? Sweepstakes. So it's like, it's good. We're playing to this extent. And it's good that we also have Vegas's draft pick, even though Vegas is might make playoffs. Now I am, Still hard. I know Vegas is right now sitting in a playoff spot, and it looks like Vancouver's kind of just been on a slide. Yeah, come on, Vancouver, get your shit together. So it's like, well, let's have to see where that pick comes from. Them. Exactly, exactly. But the thing is, though, is like as we keep saying, like we'll see how everything goes as the months go on. Um, but other than that, there, my good friend, do you have any other like thoughts, te- uh, takes on anything that we did not? discussed today um no i think that was it um we didn't mention i'm sorry your tar heels lost but i think their i think their uh championship was this the saturday game against duke anyways they ran out of gas they blew a 16 point lead they just ran out of gas they they were they weren't a deep team they went six seven deep at most compared to like other teams how they go eight or nine deep um, yeah, it was disappointing, but the thing is, though, is like, I didn't like, I didn't expect them to make the national championship. I didn't expect them to get out of the Sweet 16. I like, I like, I had them like going to the Sweet 16 and then losing. And if the and the cards just kind of fell into their lap. And to be honest, they almost lost against Duke. I would, I, I, I'm upset that they lost to Kansas. Um, but Kansas was a good team. If they would have lost to Duke on Saturday, I would have been even more pissed because it's like, fuck, I would have never heard the end of it. But it is what it is there, and uh, it is what it, it is what it is there. I should say. Um, I will say this. I will say this though. Like overall, like where have things have been? Like even though the Tar Heels lost, like the past few days, sports wise, have been pretty good for me. Outside of Man United drawing, but I don't give a shit about them there. For the rest of the season, um, baseball's back. The Masters is here. Um, I enjoyed watching night two of WrestleMania and <laughs> the mo- the worst sell of a stunner all time. Oh, I know that was so bad. Vince McMahon is seventy six though. I don't understand like why. I mean, I want to look like him when I'm seventy six, but it's also got to be steroids. Oh, 100% it is there. There's some steroids to it. I mean, I mean, I didn't watch night one of WrestleMania because of the final four, but um, Cody Rhodes is back finally after a six-year absence, and, and, it, and it, like, actually is, like, a full-time thing. Like, he actually decided to tell AEW to fuck off. But night two, I enjoyed very much. 
Like, <laughs> I tweeted, I tweeted, like, the except for the Lesnar-Reigns match. I'm not going to lie. That one bored me a little bit because I'm just kind of like, stop hyping up Roman Reigns and stop bringing Brock Lesnar into everything. So I'm just like, fuck. If Reigns wins, I'm okay with it. If Lesnar wins, like, fuck this shit. But, the like... The Johnny Knoxville quote unquote match with Sami Zayn, that was just hilarious in itself. Cause like there's always like one celebrity interaction that like nobody that like just is that just brings hilarity into everything. Um when when the Pat McAfee Austin theory match happened, I tweeted, I said it would be so cool to see Stone Cold Steve Austin like interrupt this match and give one last Stone Cold stunner to Vince McMahon because I knew Vince McMahon was gonna be like ringside and like I didn't know like I don't look into like all the rumor mills of the WWE and wrestling and all that stuff because like we know like it's staged and whatnot and like the cells and everything, but like. I, I didn't know that Vince McMahon was actually going to like try like quote unquote wrestle Pat McAfee like that 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 wasn't like something I expected there. I thought maybe McMahon would have like interfered in the match and then Austin would come out, but then like when McMahon was pulling this shit, I'm like fuck. Now it's an Austin <laughs> moment. Here we go. And then you had Austin Theory just bounce off bounce off the ring and like sell it, and then Vince just sold the t- had the terror sell with the stunner and i'm just having like i'm just having a good laugh about it it brought back memories i i'm not i didn't watch any of it i just saw like highlights on uh twitter and instagram because saturday i sent you it i sent you it like as it happened uh-huh. like, oh, yeah, I, was on, I was busy saturday and sunday so i wasn't able to watch unfortunately I, but I, mean, I heard it wasn't that good so i'm glad i missed it Uh, it is what it is there but no I have no other final thoughts as to anything um I you know like I said here we are we're in April we're in a good time I have not like good time sports wise um I have no other thought processes there at all (coughs) other than other than I will say this Paiska if I see any terrible takes on Facebook about the Red Sox I will comment on every single one of them and tell you that you are wrong, wrong, wrong. And I'll also tag you in every post too, just to like have to, to let you have a laugh. That's good with me there. All right. Um, well, with that being said, that concludes another episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. You can listen to at listen to, download, and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. We also have a Twitter account. Follow us on Twitter at LHS Podcast 2021. And with that being said, until next week, keep on keeping on, everyone. <laughs>